let's look at this. Let's look at what Rokan has to say. I can put on my uh, my headphones. So I'm just gonna find the tweet. Keep liking the the video while you are waiting. Of course, share the video and then of course subscribe to Patreon if you are able. But here we are going. Here we are. So Rokana put this on Twitter today. Oh, yesterday it looks like. So this was yesterday. He was on Wolf Blitzer's program. Lucky him. And this is what he had to say. Who are they to say? Who are they to say that Speaker Pelosi shouldn't go to Taiwan? The Chinese Communist Party, so sounds like a right winger when he says it like that, doesn't get to dictate the travel schedule of the Speaker of the House. So here you have Ro Khanna doing the very... Ooh, uh-oh. Mike almost fell. Uh, here you have Ro Khanna doing the reductive argument here. Totally reducing this to something about travel schedules. Absolutely ridiculous. It has nothing to do with the travel schedule. But here's what he had to say. It's even worse than what he posted on Twitter. On a different issue, Congress. On a different issue, Congress. Have you? Uh, President Biden has said the U.S. military believes a Taiwan visit by the House Speaker Nancy Pelosi uh, is, quote, not a good idea right now. You sit on the Armed Services Committee. Should she call off this possible trip to Taiwan? No, she should not. I respect Speaker Pelosi. I mean, we're not going to let the Chinese Communist Party dictate where the Speaker of the House should go. Uh, Taiwan is an economic partner with us. That doesn't mean that her going there is somehow not recognizing the one China policy. She should absolutely go. And we need to speak out uh, on human rights issues in China. And we need to speak out about the trade deficit in China. So I fully support her going. But is it worth potentially, God forbid, provoking some sort of military response from the Chinese? They should realize that that would be the worst thing they could do. I mean, they've seen this president, our country's resolve uh, in Ukraine. Uh, with rallying NATO. They've seen the sanctions on Russia. I mean, they would cripple their entire economy. They are so dependent on the United States in terms of uh, the trade that we have. So we shouldn't allow them to bluff and dictate to America, the greatest nation in the world, where our Speaker of the House should travel. I mean, who are they to say that Speaker Pelosi shouldn't go to Taiwan? Congressman Rokana, thanks as usual for joining us. All right. I mean, that, to me, that's just like vomiting up imperialism. That's all Rokana did there. To end with the, we are the greatest nation in the world. Who are they? I mean, that's just, that's just plain racism. That is imperialist privilege. That is, race, that is just racism. That's saying that we are better than China. We are better than China. China has no right to dictate anything here. Well, actually, Rokana, actually, they do have the right. Actually, international law says they have the right. Why? Because Taiwan is part of China. And everything that the United States has agreed to in relation to the one China policy that Rokana says Nancy Pelosi will be following here says the exact opposite. Nothing in the one China policy says, oh, yes, high level officials, the highest level officials from the United States can meet independently with Taiwan's officials that that is okay. There's nowhere where it says that. He calls Taiwan an economic partner. Taiwan isn't a country. So he is violating the one China policy just in his words. Taiwan's not your economic partner. 
If you're doing business with Taiwan, you're doing business with China. That's what international law says. That's what the joint communiques say. That's what Taiwan has said for the longest time when it was the Republic of China. When the KMT was the ruling party there. While they didn't think, oh, well, the mainland government is the government, they definitely didn't think of themselves as an independent country. It's only been since the DPP has come into power over the last several years that this separatist ideology has been fueled, and Ro Khanna is just reinforcing it. And so here Ro Khanna says so many egregious things. We can just break them down one by one. Let's listen to it again. I'm going to stop. Uh, as he's talking. So let me just fast forward. We don't need to hear Wolf Blitzer. Is it worth it? Okay, yeah, we get it. Is it worth it? Let's see what he says. No, she should not. I respect Speaker Pelosi. I mean, we're I respect Speaker Pelosi. Why does he have to say he respects Nancy Pelosi? Is that not a given? Doesn't he? To me, that just sounds like you're kissing Nancy Pelosi's feet. That you have a ball and chain on you and you are her lapdog. And that whenever she says come, you come. Whenever she says sit, you sit. That's what it sounds like here. I respect Speaker Pelosi. You can't get, do you say that? He wasn't even criticizing her here. He didn't say, I respect Speaker Pelosi, but she's wrong. I get that tactic. That's an age old tactic. We all are familiar with that one. He wasn't even doing that. He was just kissing her feet. I respect Speaker Pelosi. She should go. We're not going to let the Chinese Communist Party dictate where the Speaker of the House should go. The Chinese Communist Party, China, is not dictating where Nancy Pelosi should go. UN Resolution 2758 is dictating where Nancy Pelosi should go. The three joint communiques between the U.S. and China is dictating where Nancy Pelosi should go. The 19, I think 1992 consensus between China and the, uh, the two governments, the government in, the, in Taiwan, Republic of China, and uh, the People's Republic, the mainland government, that consensus is dictating where Nancy Pelosi should go. What it says is China is one. There are two different ideas of what it should be. But only one of them sits at the United Nations, and Taiwan is part of China, meaning that if you treat China independently, you are, I mean, if you treat Taiwan independently, then you risk violating all of that, all of what's stipulated, which is a provocation. And it's not like this is just the first time the United States is talking about Taiwan in this way. No, there's a long-standing policy of egregious interference. This isn't the first time. This is a long-standing pattern. A long-standing pattern. We've went over it on this program. Long-standing pattern of interference. A lot of it is military interference. A lot of it is militarism straight up. And Ro Khanna has said nothing about that. Uh, Taiwan is an economic partner with us. That doesn't mean that her going there is somehow not recognizing the one China policy. She should absolutely go. So he says here, Taiwan is an economic partner with us. Actually, sure, there are trade relations between Taiwan and the United States, right? Taiwan is kind of like a one country, two systems model. 
Taiwan is probably the most autonomous out of all the various uh, special. There's it's not a special administrative region even. It has a lot of autonomy that was conceded upon based on a whole lot of different factors, but one of which was 22 years that the United States pressured the United Nations, used its influence over the United Nations to keep the mainland government, the People's Republic of China, out of the United Nations altogether. And that also came with economic sanctions. So 22 years after 1949, the United States prevented China, its rightful place at the United Nations, and tried to starve it economically, while recognizing the Republic of China as China, and it just happened to be in Taiwan, governing in Taiwan, through martial law and all sorts of really uh, repressive and oppressive policies. But that's uh, but I digress. The point here is, no, Taiwan isn't your economic partner as a nation. You might do business there. But you're still violating the one China policy by making a political statement through a visit. Third in command. Imagine if, uh, imagine if one of China's foreign ministry spokespeople. Imagine if Wang Wenbin. Imagine if uh, uh, anyone in China's foreign ministry came to California, Mister Rokana, came to California and said. We're going to meet. We have economic relations with companies in California. We're going to go there and we're going to talk to the separatists. We're going to talk to those forces in California who want to separate from the United States because those exist. I mean, it may not be a majority, but those exist. There is a very strange, there's very strange separatism all over the United States, but that exists. Would that be allowed? Would, uh, would China's foreign ministry be allowed to do that? Somehow I don't think so. I, I really don't think they would be allowed to do that. Um, you know, Wang Yi, the, the, the top foreign minister, he would not be allowed to go to California or to go to Texas. If, he, if Wang Yi said, all right, I'm going to go to Texas. Let's talk to those secessionists in Texas. They want to be their own country. We have business relations with companies in Texas. I mean, this is, and then somebody in the chat, Anthony said, Hawaii. Imagine, yeah, we're going to go to Hawaii. Hawaii is a colony, basically. I mean, all of the United States is a colony at some level. Hawaii is a colony. Wang Yi goes to Hawaii, meets with the indigenous nations there, says, we support you. We do business here. Not allowed. Actually, RIMPAC is happening, which happens off the coast of Hawaii. I'm sure those warships and all of those military exercises and military personnel would have something to say about Wang Yi making that trip. So China has something to say about it. It is, don't cross that line. Don't do it. You'll be highly mistaken to cross that line. Let's continue. And we need to speak out uh, on human rights issues in China. We need to speak out about human rights issues in China. He also said something about trade. We need to speak out about the trade deficit in China. So the trade deficit in China. Now I don't even know what he's talking about. I think he's talking about the fact that the United States uh, runs this huge deficit. But he's saying in China. It doesn't make any sense. He's obviously nervous here. Oh, I'm messing up my words. I don't know what I'm saying. He's nervous. He doesn't know what he's saying. He's saying dumb stuff now. He's saying stupid stuff.
So he's obviously talking about that the United States, the United States runs a huge deficit in like everything now because it doesn't produce anything and China produces things. And so, of course, there's going to be a deficit. The United States loves running deficits. Finance capital loves deficits because deficits, what does that mean? It means, oh, more debt, right? How do you leverage deficits? You, you, you pile on debt on top of it so you can equalize that relationship. And that's what finance capital has done to the United States. That has nothing to do with China. China is not doing that to themselves or doing that to the United States. Human rights issues, give me a break. We're going to talk about a human rights issue that Rokan hasn't spoken at all about ever. But it's happening and it's being reported on and there's some pretty solid data on it. So let's continue. I'm not saying it on purpose because I want to, I want to, I want, I want you to wait for that. Fully support her going. But is it worth potentially, God forbid, provoking some sort of military response from the Chinese? They should realize that that would be the worst thing they could do. I mean, they've seen this president, our country's resolve uh, in Ukraine uh, with rallying NATO. They've seen the sanctions on Russia. I mean, they would cripple their entire economy. They are so dependent on the United States in terms of uh, the trade that we have. So we shouldn't allow them to bluff and dictate to America, the greatest nation in the world, where our Speaker of the House should travel. I mean, who are they to say that Speaker Pelosi shouldn't go to Taiwan? So much here. So much here. Look, first of all, he's using the Russia-Ukraine, the Russia's military, special military operation Ukraine as an example of how China should be worried. Oh, no. Russia's doing better economically russia's russia's uh, uh, ruble is doing better than it was before the special military operation now russia's economy i wouldn't say is uh, growing magnificently uh, but uh, but surely there uh, the ways in which sanctions have blown back on europe and the united states are by far more impactful than they have been on russia russia was already in a very tight and tough situation before the sanctions that came down, the increased sanctions. It was already in a tight and tough situation and doing everything it can to grow despite it. Now, the United States and Europe have done everything they can to sabotage themselves. Everything they can to sabotage themselves. Inflation is rampant in part because of these sanctions. Energy is extremely costly right now. And Europe is in for a real world of hurt. So talking about the resolve and this would hurt China more is absolutely ridiculous. China has control over its currency. Private banks, big monopolies, have control over the United States' dollar. That's a whole world of difference. China's government has control over its money supply. You have, you have parasites, predators, in control of the U.S.'s money supply. So I don't want to hear that this is going to affect China more if China were to defend its sovereignty through military means. That's ridiculous. Actually, the United States, this is, this is just hubris. This is absolutely, absolute stupidity. The United States economy would crumble if China were to do anything of the sort that Nancy Pelosi is provoking here. The consequences, as China has said, as their foreign ministry has said over and over again, they will fall on the U.S. side. China will figure things out. China will survive. China has a united population. China has a 95-plus percent approval rating. That will go up to close to 100 were there to be a war between China and the United States. Let's not get it twisted here. There, isn't, there are very few forces in China, those neoliberals, 
those we, they call them just liberals over there those liberals uh, uh those capitalists who may feel a little more uh, how should we say uh, emboldened to try to undermine the communist party of china no most of them would huddle would huddle under the central government because well their existence would go bye-bye they would not exist anymore during a war if they were to defect is the u.s side going to absorb them are they going to become some sort of uh, uh how should we say uh, uh what do they call them in uh in cuba the worms the gusanos are they going to become some kind of a chinese gusanos no the united states isn't going to absorb them look at the racism in the united states look at the absolute incredible amount of anti-asian racism anti-china racism here no in times of war forget about it no way you have chinese scientists you have chinese institutions the confucius institute all of this being targeted now in a new cold war imagine what the environment would be like in a hot war no look 99 percent of the chinese population would be united and the united states's population a lot of people may not like china now but in a hot war situation what will people think will people be all in highly doubt it the war fatigue in the united states is incredible a losing war to china you would lose in a second first of all the united states can't defend taiwan even if taiwan was to be defended it can't it's geographically impossible its weapons are its weapons would not work there's not an operation in the world that would save the united states here the united states would waste a whole lot of resources get pummeled and then what do you think the united states would do this is why scott ritter and i had this conversation we had this conversation what do you think the united states is going to do they're going to look at the nuclear weapons option they're going to look at a nuclear exchange option that's what's at stake here that is exactly what's at stake here and rokan is so ignorant with his american exceptionalist filth his his just pitiful love the greatest country in the world love for the united states empire kissing the feet of nancy pelosi sniffing her farts sniff absolutely up her ass talking about the united states is the greatest country in the world look at our resolve look at biden and the sanctions look at nato unify cheering on endless war cheering on nato which is trying to start its own world war three its own global confrontation with russia and has also added china into that mix cheering on that monstrosity that has killed millions of people in places far beyond its so-called north atlantic jurisdiction which is fake and false in and of itself this guy rokana is absolutely despicable I'm trying to get him on the program. He probably won't even entertain it. I don't even know how to get in touch with the guy. I'm trying to get in touch with people who may be able to help me. But it seems like Ro Khanna has also uh, burned a lot of bridges himself with his little attempt to be outside, you know, to talk to people outside the Democratic Party, ostensibly probably to try to win them back to the Democrats. 